I can't believe this is really happening, but I'm here, I'm ready, I'm nervous, but welcome to the Bold Ambition Podcast with me, your host, Ingrid Garcia. I cannot tell you (laughs) how many times I've sat in my closet, pulled out my laptop, my microphone, my headphones, and attempted to record this first episode. I don't know why it's so hard. Like, I am a content creator. I do this for a living. And I also have my own social media pages that I manage and I am constantly writing and taking photos, maybe creating little vlogs. But it's so different when this is a whole new platform that I have yet to explore. I am an avid consumer of podcasts. Just as quarantine started, I became obsessed I'm obsessed with this platform. I, I'm i really excited to create and talk and discuss and more importantly, educate and inspire through this podcast. I kind of want to get started right away before I start blabbering and going on tangents that add no value because really the purpose of this first episode is for you to get to know me, my story, my mission, and my goals for this podcast. But I also want you to know me as a person, as a creator, and as a woman and you know why I started this and why I'm here today. I also do have a structure in place that I'll be tweaking as I go, as I grow this podcast. But to begin, I'm going I'm going to discuss like the bold moves I've made this week. And let me tell you, this is it. This is one of them. This is actually the only one. I have had this podcast in the works for about a month and a half. And let me tell you, it's it's scary. It's scary to put out work and have people expect great, amazing things from you, especially in such a saturated space like podcasting. I was also dabbling with like creating a YouTube channel or, you know, I don't know, I'm just always constantly looking for new ways to express myself and podcasting is a challenge. It's something I've never done before, but I have the tools to do so. I have a microphone. I have really good quality headphones. I also took a podcasting class in college, so I feel like I'm pretty equipped and ready to take this to the next level. But honestly, it's just been like my inner fear of failing, my inner fear of what people will think. And at the end of the day, I'm doing this for me and I'm doing this for the women who are going to tune in every week and feel inspired or motivated to make these bold moves, to make those ambitious decisions. And that's that's at the core of what this podcast means to me and what I hope people get out of this podcast. So without further ado... Welcome to The Bold Ambition. I'm excited for the ride. Thank you for being here. I am going to talk a little bit about myself during this episode just so you can get a better idea of who I am, my experiences. So I am Ingrid Garcia. I live in Austin, Texas. I'm 22 years old and I'm currently a social media and public relations coordinator at Sputnik ATX, which is a venture accelerator here in Austin, Texas. Yikes. I have a big long story. I almost don't know where to start, but I guess there's no better way than to start with my childhood. I was born in Laredo, Texas, a border town about three and a half hours south of Austin. I I have amazing, incredible parents. My dad is from Mexico City. My mom is from Laredo, Texas. And I have a younger brother, Ivan, who also goes to UT and he is 19, I think. I grew up in a very loving household. My parents were the most supportive and oh, just honestly, 
just the most supportive parents. I could fucking make the worst decision of my life. Of course, they would tell me I'm making the worst decision of my life, but they would still support any decision I made at the end of the day. And because they they were just so supportive and wanted us to excel and see us move on to bigger and better things, my childhood was was very I did I don't have a home in a way. I don't have a hometown. I was born in Laredo, yes, but I only lived there till I was about nine years old before we started moving every two years. I've lived in Atlanta, Georgia, Round Rock, Texas, Fort Worth, Texas, San Luis Potosi, Mexico. I was even quote unquote homeless for about a month while we were chasing our dreams in California. But living out of our car, which is a whole other story that I can go into later. The point is, I've lived in a lot of places. I have really learned what it means to be Mexican-American. I feel like I have a, I've taken a long time to embrace my identity, but I'm here today and I'm prouder than ever to be Ingrid, a woman, a Latina, a Tejana, a Mexican-American, whatever you want to call me. So going back to us moving from town to town, I started my first two years of high school in San Luis Potosi, Mexico. I went to an international baccalaureate school. I think that's how you pronounce it. A very private, wealthy school. I was surrounded by some really brilliant kids. At the time when I first moved to Mexico, I was so excited. I thought it was going to be like vacation, like vacationing in Mexico. When I used to go to Cancun or Cabo or Mexico City to visit family, I thought that's what it was going to be like. I was proven wrong. I landed in San Luis Potosi, Mexico. I remember getting so dressed up, putting on my makeup, doing my hair on the first day of school, getting to school and oh my god, even just appearances, everyone is so different. Like, no one wears makeup. People just roll out of bed, don't do their hair, do not get ready for school, and they just put on their uniform, and that's it. I think the Mexican culture is very natural, and here I was coming with my American freshman high school beat that I'm sure people can relate to. So right away, I felt like an outsider, I think. I also had a hard time embracing this the, the culture that I thought was mine. I thought I was Mexican enough. I thought I maybe knew enough Spanish um, to get by, but they all looked at me like I was a gringa. Like I was just some white girl from Texas or maybe some brown girl that was from Texas but didn't know her heritage enough and wasn't familiar with the language or the food or the history of my own culture. And that really... I get emotional even talking about it because I realized that I didn't know anything about myself or about my family or about the way that I didn't even know how I landed in Texas. Like, what what did my ancestors do for me? How did I end up here? I definitely felt like I wanted to be white growing up. When I still lived in Texas, I, I always would hush my parents in the grocery store aisles if they were speaking Spanish to us. I kind of forgot most of my Spanish, even though it was my first language. I didn't know anything about, about Mexican holidays or days of celebration or traditions. So when I landed in this new country that I thought was mine, I felt completely the opposite. I was lost and I had an identity crisis that follows me for many years after. So fast forward to... Um, Two years after living in San Luis, my dad wants to move to California to follow a new business venture or business opportunity. It doesn't work out, and we end up going back to Laredo, Texas. Laredo, Texas is where I was born. Small town, border town, like I said. And I hadn't been back 
to live there since I was nine years old and now I am 16. I romanticized the idea of going back to my Laredo High School because I thought things were going to be just as they were when I left. The same friends, the same cliques, the same... I don't even know what was I, what I was thinking. Like clearly a lot of time had passed, but I was just so excited to go back to, you know, American high school of course, it was on the border, but it was American high school, you know, get to do the extracurriculars, meet boys, you know, have the traditional American high school experience. And I was really wrong. When my mom went to go register me or enroll me, we showed up with my Mexican school transcripts, you know, all the necessary paperwork. And I could not believe it when they told me that I would have to start high school all over again as a freshman and that the credits and education that I had in San Luis Potosí was quote-unquote not up to par with the American school standards. Oh my gosh, I wish, oh, I was furious. I cried about it for days. I was just so confused because the quality of education that I received in Mexico, granted it was a, it was a private school, was just amazing. One of the most exceptional schools I've ever been to with the most caring and dedicated professors. I, that's, I, that's why I just had such a hard time accepting the fact that this school in Laredo, Texas thought they were better than the school that I went to in San Luis and you know take that as you want that's just the way I thought of it so there I am in the principal's office the counselor's office days go by we're trying to figure out a way where I can still graduate on time clearly it's not going to happen clearly they wanted me to graduate at 20 or 21 and my dad really was was an advocate that I that I stick to it and I write it out and I try it and I tried the American school high school experience I mean I guess most, both of my parents were pretty where we want they wanted me to they encouraged me to do it to, to, to do so and to follow through unwillingly I did it for about a month and a half I just I couldn't I I, I don't even know I was in freshman classes with people who were three years younger than me who had maybe just turned 14 or were still 14 and I was like 17 years old. I just did not feel any sort of connection with the kids that I was seated with. I had a really hard time making friends with the kids in my classes. I never got to engage with people who were of my own age. And then all of the kids that I went to elementary school back when I was in, when I lived there, they were, you know, doing their own thing, living their own lives. They didn't care about some new girl who just transferred in. Like, you know, they're each living their own life. I didn't get to have that connection with these kids. I also felt like every day just dreaded because everything I was learning in class, I already knew. So I aced out of everything, but there was no, I wasn't moving forward anyway. I don't know. I think that that part of my story was really sad and it was very frustrating because I felt like I was being limited and I felt like I couldn't live up to my potential and continue growing. It was just, it was, it was a hard time, honestly. I think I definitely got depressed. I didn't have any friends and it was just not the ideal high school experience that I dreamed of. So October rolls around. So I had been in school for about a month and a half and I quit. I tell my mom and my dad that, sorry, I am dropping out. I'm getting my GED and I just can't do this anymore. I can't go to school and pretend that I'm learning something when I should be two years ahead. I should be graduating in just two years. I looked up 
the testing center. I don't think I even told anybody that I was dropping out. I just stopped showing up to class. It's not like anyone would have noticed, like I didn't know anyone anyway. But yeah, I dropped out. I think maybe the following week I took the test, obviously passed my GED. It was October, mid-October, so I got a job at a sandwich shop nearby. I would ride my bike to that sandwich shop. I was a cashier, earning minimum wage. I would work maybe five days a week, eight hours a day. And damn, that was a really tough time in my life because I was not able to to experience what so many other kids have experienced. And the 16-year-old, 17-year-olds definitely dream about prom and doing high school sports or, you know, attending football games, etc. And I was definitely a loner in my city. I, like I said, I was doing this low minimum wage job. I would just go from work home, work home. And eventually I signed up for community college the following summer. I got so depressed after my, after receiving my GED. I didn't know what to do. Like I couldn't just graduate to UT with this GED and with no other life experience and expect to get in. I definitely didn't know what I wanted, what I wanted to do, what profession I wanted to follow. My parents were supportive but they were also sad to see me the way that I was without any direction or ambition. I think I was just drained because I felt like the system failed me. Fast forward a few months later, I quit the minimum wage job because I absolutely hated it and instead I got a job as a legal assistant slash secretary at a local law office. This was in May. So May, what would have been my junior year. I get this job I enroll at a local community college and I take classes in the summer, continue it in the fall. And I honestly go into this crazy party mode slash rebel phase. I was, what, 17? I had never been exposed to the party scene because, of course, I didn't have the typical American high school experience. So suddenly I was around these adults and these college students who were who had definitely lived more than I had. And I was just so excited and eager to learn from them and experience what I had not experienced in my last few years. I was on this alcohol drug frenzy. Oh my gosh, it makes me cringe when I think back on it. And it's honestly, this is very vulnerable of me to say and put out there. But anyone who knows me back then or who knew me back then knows that I was not level-headed. I would go out every single night, get home after 2 a.m., get in fights with my parents because I was this new person that they didn't even know anymore. I was a rebel. I did not have good people around me. I was just a mess. I didn't know what I wanted. I was depressed. I was sad. I was spending all of my money on food and alcohol and parties, quote unquote, living in this small town and not realizing that I was destroying myself. Now, did I continue to do well in community college even with all this partying? Yes. Did I still land a 4.0 GPA in my community college? Yes. So you see, I've never been someone who struggled with school or struggled with learning, but I think because I the system had failed me, I felt like I needed to just let it all out. I needed to rebel and I needed to just like quote unquote live life. So I lived that life for about a year and a half before something inside me. I've like I said, I've always been a smart, studious person and I've always been ambitious. I always knew that the life that I was living in Laredo was temporary. I knew that there were bigger, greater things meant out there for me, but I was just not reaching for them because I was busy drinking and partying and, you know, doing part-time or doing, going to community college. 
but I always knew that I had it in me to be the best. I have always kind of had that mindset, even in school, I wanted to be the best top of my class, student of the year, top 10%, honor roll, whatever. So a year and a half into this lifestyle, I realized that I need something new. I need something challenging. Something just clicked in me where I said, I'm going to apply to college. I'm going to apply to university. I think what also happened was that I saw the kids my age finally going to university, leaving Laredo, leaving their small hometown. And I said, oh, it's my turn too. So I applied to the University of Houston and I applied to the University of Texas at Austin. Like I said before, I had a 4.0 GPA in my community college. I also had great recommendation letters from alumni who attended UT. I'm also a writer, so I knew how to write a great essay. But I do have to say I was very surprised when I got the acceptance letter from the best university in Texas. I had already kind of imagined myself at U of H, but something inside me knew I couldn't accept the offer yet or put a, a deposit until I got my news from UT. So that was the best decision I've ever made in my entire life. I know college is not for anyone, everyone, and I know college is a privilege. It's expensive, and not everyone has the opportunity to attend a great college, but I am so thankful that that is what was in the books for me, and that's what aligned with my life. I packed up my things. I told my parents, you know, and in that year and a half that I was just reveling, my parents and I did not have a great relationship. I definitely think I broke it because of the life I was lit leading. Nonetheless, my last few days with them were just so special. I was so excited to see what this new life in Austin had for me. They supported me with my student housing, my tuition. You know, I would reg I'd registered for classes. I was ecstatic to get out of the small town and go see what else is out in the world. I arrive at UT in January 2017. I was a naive, crazy little girl who did not realize what she had ahead of her. First of all, UT is fucking hard. And I was so accustomed to doing the bare minimum at community college, not even reading or really putting in that much effort towards homework and still acing classes. When I arrived to UT, it was just the polar opposite. I got sick my first semester. I lost 30 pounds of all of that party weight. I met like such different, interesting students who I had so much in common with. Out of all places, I learned about my Latina heritage at UT um, because I started taking Chicana feminism classes. I could not have asked for a better experience at UT, especially my first semester. I was just so eager to be there and so blessed to be there. So thankful that you know, I was able to sit next to these brilliant students. I really felt dumb in my classes um, because everyone was so prepared and studious and I lost that part of me when I lived this different lifestyle a year for a year and a half so it was so refreshing to be around students who were ambitious and bold and brilliant I was oh my gosh it was just a beautiful time a beautiful semester a beautiful experience so as my time continues at UT and progresses I am adjusting to my classes I'm learning from incredible professors who are so interested in a student's growth and learning capabilities. I just explore every single corner of student orgs. I can truly say that I squeezed out every single droplet of college that I could till the day that I graduated. I will say that figuring out 
what professional path I wanted to take was not easy. I walked into UT as an undeclared major. I switched into journalism, which funny enough, I always said I wanted to study journalism ever, ever since I was in fourth grade because I loved writing. Just so you know, there's a lot more to journalism than writing. That's what I thought. I thought journalism was just this happy place where everyone just writes all day and, you know, no deadlines, no editors, no no pressure. As I was falling in love with journalism, I searched for internships in the news industry or on campus as a magazine writer. I even tried joining our newspaper, but I didn't get in. So I always seeked or I always sought out opportunities that would strengthen my journalism skills. I even went to a journalism conference in Miami, California, Miami, ew, Miami, Florida, <laughs> in Miami with a few of my journalism girlfriends. In that journalism conference, I was obsessed. I wanted to be on CNN. I wanted to be on TV. I wanted to be an anchor, a reporter. I showed up and talked to a CNN reporter and I was blushing because I couldn't believe that someone so successful was giving me the time of day. Quickly after that Miami conference, the idea of journalism quickly faded because I interned at a local TV news station in Austin. It was an unpaid internship and it required 20 to 25 hours of my week. I just did not have the best experience in TV news, I realized that I, I quickly realized I wanted something with more creative freedom. I did not want to work those long hours and endure that low pay. Let's just be frank here. Like, that's just not what I wanted, nor did I envision myself in an industry like this. So I took those skills that I learned and applied them somewhere else. I completed the internship, maybe not in the best way possible. And I don't mean that I ended bad. I just mean that I feel like as soon as I found out this is not what I wanted to do, I stopped putting in as much effort. I definitely made a great connection there, a reporter that I still talk to, and she's just nothing but great energy and a mentor that I look up to. But as soon as I realized that this was that was not what I wanted to do, I started looking at other opportunities, more creative opportunities within social media, marketing, communications. And I had seen that one of my mutual friends was interning at Bumble and her friend was also interning at Bumble. And I think I saw that just through Instagram. I was really drawn to the brand. Um, the Bumble brand and their mission and what they were doing as a dating app. I remember doing a quick search like Bumble internships or jobs and it was just a general application. You just submit your cover letter, your resume, and that's it. I wasn't applying for a specific internship. It was more of just a general submit your paperwork here and we'll contact you if we're interested type of thing. I cannot believe that a month after I submitted that application through the Bumble portal, which by the way, I forgot I even did so. I get an email from Bumble asking for a for a phone interview. I never knew that I had the power to land an internship at a company like Bumble. I really didn't. I land this phone interview. It goes well. Mind you, I have only done social media for maybe a few semesters at the campus fashion publication and I was doing an, an, a very minimal internship at an office of UT, at UT. So I had very minimal social media. Oh, duh, the internship was for social media. I had very minimal experience in social media, but I think Tareen my then manager and the Bumble team really saw something in me 
with my writing, with my story. I was very vulnerable and open during my interview. It definitely was not your typical interview about previous experience or qualifications that I needed to have or may have. It was more about my story. I felt like the Bumble team really wanted to get to know who I was as a woman, what experiences I have lived as a Latina, and how I can use those experiences to tell a story. I think journalism equipped me to do that in a very elegant way. I remember being on the phone and of course there was questions about, you know, what social media accounts do you like, campaigns that have been done before that failed or were successful. But I think once we moved on to the in-person interview, which was just a few days later, she wanted to know like my favorite books, my favorite Latina figures that I look up to, etc. So I think it was just my ability to tell a story because that skill is really important when you're trying to build a social media page and grow and connect with the community. At the same time I am interning at Bumble, I join a spirit group at UT Austin called Texas Darlings. Much love to this whole organization of beautiful, powerful, bold, ambitious women. I was just exposed to a whole new network of women who were doing, again, incredible things. My mentor who I got through Darlins is Amira, and she's actually going to be my first guest on this um, this podcast, so look out for her episode next week. But my mentor, Amira, had just landed a position at Microsoft. Another close friend of mine had just completed her internship at Sherry Hill, and just the women around me who were part of my class were all hoping to accomplish the same type of goals. So I really fed off of their energy, and I really learned a lot from this group of women that semester as a whole. It was my second semester of junior year. That semester as a whole, I did an enormous amount of growing. I think that was the best semester of college. I was learning at Bumble. I was part of this new organization. I finally had girlfriends, which is another topic that I will dive into during another podcast episode. But in conclusion, college was fucking great. No doubt about it. Some of the best, most cherishable years of my life. But now we can get into how I landed my current job. After concluding my internship at Bumble, I interned where I currently work at, a venture accelerator in Austin, Texas. We fund early stage startups and help launch them for success during our 13-week accelerator program. During this accelerator program, we teach them all things sales, traction, team building, marketing, etc. And each cohort, we fund about five to six startups, one of them being student-led. My coworkers are also nothing short of amazing and supportive. They really help me find and lead projects to help me grow and learn as much as I can. I remember when I landed this internship, I didn't even know what the difference was between a small business and a startup, which could potentially be a whole new episode topic because the VC and startup community in Austin is growing and thriving. We are the next Silicon Valley. And I'll just leave it at that because this could be a whole topic of itself. But essentially, I landed the summer internship, stayed through the fall, stayed through 20, the beginning of 2020. And in February, I get this text from my coworker, Amanda. And she said, hey, Ingrid, are you free today or tomorrow? The partners want to make you a full-time offer. And this was in February and I was graduating in May. 
So I, of course, I'm ecstatic. I'm, I was totally caught off guard because I had no idea this was even a conversation we would be having anytime soon. So I quickly show up to my meeting with the partners. I accept my offer. And here I am four months into my full-time job. I started in June, right after graduation. Now I'm working from home, obviously. This whole journey, it's not linear. You definitely have your ups and downs. It's a roller coaster. You're learning what you like, what you don't like, what you need to improve on, what you're already good at, how to work with a team, etc. This is like a professional journey is is not linear and it's not easy. But I can say that my time with Sputnik and my time now as a social media and PR coordinator has been an incredible opportunity so far. I create content for our social media pages. I also help with partnership opportunities between us and other venture accelerators or firms in Texas and nationally, actually. I also do PR for Sputnik. I am very entry level when it comes to PR because I've done social media for a few, for, for a few years now, but PR is a whole other beast. This is just the beginning of my life, of my professional growth, of my life as an adult. Like, hello, I have an IRA now. Hello, I need to pay rent now. I mean, it's been four months that I've been doing so, but still, the transition from college girl to adult has been so fun, but also a learning curve. Now I invest money. Now I clean my room every day. I work out regularly. I'm drinking kombucha and tea. Like, this is just a whole new person that I am not used to. College me was doing keg stands, tailgating, studying at the PCL, making friends, going to class. And right now I'm working a nine to five, nine to six some days, but it's been fun and it's been a big growth opportunity. I feel like I've said growth like 20 times during this podcast, but it's okay. I'll try to think of some new adjectives and new verbs, but as of right now, this is my story. It's only going to continue, and I'm happy to have this podcast to document it with you, and I am proud of myself to have the courage to lead and start something that is hard because like I said earlier in this podcast, starting something, putting it out into the world, and being vulnerable is nerve-wracking, but I'm here for it. I'm excited for what's to come. Oh my god, and I'm so obsessed with all of my upcoming guests. I'm I'm just so ready to put this baby out into the world. So with that, thank you for listening to the Bold Ambition podcast. I will catch you next Tuesday with our guest, Amira Nahar. She's a badass, so you don't want to miss out on that one.